Al Bat, who is on the phone right now. Good morning, Al. Hey, good morning. I'm sorry you folks had to get uh, so much rain. We got an inch and a half here, which was uh, uh, more than enough, but uh, it wasn't four inches. So I I know uh, folks are getting to that point once again where, uh, boy, every drop of rain kind of can cause some some problems. Although, interestingly enough, we were out watering the plants in the containers because with this heat, they get dry pretty fast. So yesterday before all this rain, uh, we had to lug, I, I have rain barrels, so I lug all the, you know, the water and water them all. And then we get this deluge. But during the meantime, you got to keep them alive till they get to the next rain. So yeah, it's it's a ongoing, you know, I don't mind the rain, but, you know, just maybe a little more reasonable amounts. We still have uh, some, it was down one of our gravel roads here in the township, and there's a big black spot in the middle of the road, and it's a frost boil, and it just hasn't gone away. We've put new gravel on it, and then it's fine for a little while. Then we get some more rain, and then semis drive over it a little bit, and next thing you know, we got this big um, dark spot there. So it's probably going to have to be dug out and filled in that way but so it it makes some problems I, and I've heard from a lot of people saying they've been noticing this on some of the rural roads that they uh, still have frost boils and uh, you know it's middle of July and we're still fighting with those things <clears throat> I the thing I've been fighting with I went out and uh, oh I'm, uh, trees grow where they shouldn't be growing so I need to get out and get rid of them um, we get um, Green ash just goes crazy sometimes, box elder and uh, buckthorn. And, boy, I got wrapped up in a raspberry vine and uh, wasn't really aware of it. And then I looked down, and here I had uh, blood running down from around my knee. And I looked, man, it really, really got me good. And, I, you know, I'm a man, so I really had little (laughs) or no feeling. And uh, it it came back and stung me a little bit there. Did the mosquitoes come and rush toward you as this blood was flowing? It's like, ooh, buffet! (laughs) Yeah. You know, it was a nice breeze yesterday so it kind of kept them away because they're such weak flyers but i noticed when i was outside doing things soon as that breeze abated even just a little bit uh you'd get bit by a mosquito they just uh, they were just waiting for that breeze to stop and um it's you know i was walking around having a heated argument with the temperature to begin with (laughs) And then when you're getting stung by those, and then I was uh, held uh, smell-bound by a dead skunk somewhere. So it was uh, a lot of things going on. There were things that really kind of, it just cheered me up a little bit. And and there were a half dozen blackbirds, and they were hammering up on a cooper's hawk. And I know it wasn't cheering the cooper's hawk at all, but it, it... it brightened me up, and I just thought, boy, there was no movie on that flight. And earwigs? Are you seeing a lot of earwigs in your garden? Well, I've been seeing them for a while now. Started out at the lake house so about a month ago, and I've had people now in town here saying they've been starting to see them. So, yes, they're there, and you can see the damage. They like to, to make and poke holes in the, the plants and the flowers, and so they're not my friend. They do. 
But they won't crawl into our ears and lay eggs, right. so we don't have to worry about that. You know, earwigs will eat pests, too, so they'll eat aphids, mites, and nematodes and things. But, boy, they will chew on ornamental and vegetable plants. And the ones I've noticed have been zinnias, hollyhocks, lettuce, strawberries, potatoes, roses, beans, beets, and even the silk of sweet corn. That seems to be the ones where I am. I notice them. They don't have a lot of predators. There's some birds, toads, centipedes, and some flies, parasit- parasitical flies that will do that. I There's a book out called American Eagle, A Visual History of Our National Emblem. <clears throat> and it was written by a friend of mine, Preston Cook of Wabasha. And he has just donated over 25,000 items depicting eagles in culture, politics, and history from uh, his collection. Over 25,000. And uh, Preston is married, and I bet I just can imagine his wife just breathing a sigh of relief that he's getting rid of these things. And they're as wonderful as they are. They go to the National Eagle Center in Wabasha. And I asked Preston, I said, how do you get started collecting things portraying eagles? Because... Uh, Eagles have been used to advertise everything from mattresses to underwear to cornflakes to embalming fluid even. And Preston, when he was a boy, saw a movie, A Thousand Clowns. Uh, The character in that star was Murray Burns. And he was played by that wonderful actor, Jason Robards, who is just one of my favorites. And one of the lines from that movie was, you can never have too many eagles. And Preston, as a boy, took that as a challenge. So now he's written this book. It's a delightful book. And all proceeds from the sales of Preston's book, American Eagle, a visual history of our national emblem, will be donated to the National Eagle Center in Wabasha. A listener sent a video of turkey vulture chicks in a barn, and they're white and they were hissing, uh, un- they were unhappy with the intruders. Uh, Don Grusing said, when I was a kid and could spend hours daily outside, I got to know several of the neighborhood robins near my home. One male was a partial albino who was easily told from the others by his many white feathers. He also had a mate, which was not as colorful as typical females. So it became easy for me to watch these birds and determine where their territorial boundaries were. Because of that, I was able to establish by boundary disputes, at least in my own mind, the territories of other nearby robin pairs. I learned to identify some of these birds by differences in their coloration and where they lived. And at dawn, I got to know their specific, seemingly favorite singing perches, and I learned to distinguish the unique variations on a familiar robin theme that many of them made. Many robins have unique mixtures of phrases and trills of the basic robin song that make them their own. My hearing is now failing. Oh, man, I, I just... <clears throat> that's a thing that scares me. We're all scared of things. Oh, hearing. Oh. But uh, Don says, my hearing is now failing, so I don't get to hear this as often. 
but for much of my adult life, I could distinguish between many local male robins by their song. And that has nothing to do with the soft and barely hearable sounds that all birds make, and we are seldom privy to unless we are close and can hear the faint noises they make. What does it mean? Simply that they were individuals and had an affinity for certain sounds that were pleasing to themselves, like a jazz musician improvising off the score, but still following the basic rules of composition. And I suspect their mates recognize the sounds and phrases that belong only in the songs that their mates sing. I have read about studies of female bird I can't read that, but female bird, and then it's metabolism, and that they have measurable physiological changes when their mates sing. So how do they know that the song they hear is that of their mate? Well, they know it, recognize it, respond positively to it. Seems to me I've heard that song before. Someone once told me that when you see a house sparrow sitting on a birdhouse and chirping, that the bird is saying everything it knows. That's not so. Not at all. Well, thank you, Don. Uh, Pamela Freeman said, Hi, Summer, and the birds have successfully, at least some of them, nested, hatched, and raised young. I know this because of the number of birds that some of my feeders have increased greatly in number. Each year the numbers of Orioles increases. It seems they return from whence they were, or so it seems we see more each year. Certainly they are more easily perceived than some of the drabber birds that also are in high numbers, like the catbirds. We hear both catbirds and orioles, both greater than almost any other, except perhaps the witchety-witchety of the common yellowthroat, a background chorus of the others that one doesn't pick out but are there, the goldfinches, swamp sparrows, red-winged blackbirds providing accent notes, rose-breasted grosbeaks, and others, the chickadees, the blue jays. I really only have a jelly feeder going now. The commotion around the jelly feeder is unceasing from dawn to dusk. Usually family groups now, uh, typically males surrounded by offspring, all fluttering their wings in an avian version of pick me, pick me, 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 vying for the attention of a beak full of grape jelly. They all ring around him, perfectly capable of getting their own jelly but making him do the work, ensuring that it really is food. <clears throat> yeah, you want your dad to make sure you're getting something good. Pamela said, not far from the jelly are my raspberries slowly ripening. I don't dare hope that they will not notice them and keep their interest in the jelly. The chickadees, meanwhile, have their own large broods, but they go for the mealworms. The whole family gets into the feeder at once, uh, a mealy of mealworms or melee. Uh, the catbirds are opportunistic feeders and will feed off whichever is available at the time. We have observed a pair of cardinals eating the jelly, something I've not observed before, and a chipmunk also. Grape jelly is apparently a universal food. Kevin Walton of Glenville said he has a deer in his yard, um, a doe with three fawns. Yeah, twins are kind of the norm in most populations. Um, Single ones are usually uh, a first-time mother, and then we start seeing twins. And I've read all kinds of different numbers. 
and it's as, it's as high as 15 to 20% of does will bear triplets when deer numbers are in balance with high-quality habitat. So if they have really great forage and uh, secure places, it can get up there in pretty high numbers. Sandra Bartle said, The crows in my neighborhood have discovered the jelly feeders and are here all day, beginning at dawn. They're only able to perch on a very substantial one, and I do enjoy watching them, just hoping they aren't driving Orioles and catbirds away. So far, they are sharing. Uh, Dan Kelly sent me a recording of an incessant song of a house wren. And I told Dan, as I tell everybody, I said, when you, if you put up a house wren house, you'd better like the song of a house wren, because you're going to be hearing it uh, all day. Uh, my lovely wife, Gail, was out on a pontoon on lovely St. Olaf Lake. I think it's about 75 acres uh, between New Richland and Allendale, and it's a fairly deep lake. And, uh, boy, as a kid, that's where that was our air conditioning. We'd take a rowboat out on St. Olaf Lake and row around a little bit. But she was hearing a, a lot of bullfrogs out there, and bullfrogs are our largest frog. It's the largest frog in North America and certainly in Minnesota. I don't believe it would be a native to St. Olaf Lake, but uh, boy, they're there now. Uh, Lauren Kaiser sent me a photo of three woodpeckers, and autocorrect got him because it says three pleated woodpeckers. (laughs) And of course, I know Lauren meant pileated or pileated, but boy, that autocorrect will get us. Uh, Marin Ring of Albert Lee asked if catbirds mate for life. Well, they are essentially monogamous during the breeding season, but pair bonds don't necessarily persist from one year to the other. A listener said, uh, thanks for doing the KMSU. Well, well, thanks for listening. Uh, Do lightning bugs continue to flash when a thunderstorm is producing lightning? That's a... A great question. Uh, If you're a little lightning bug down there and you're flashing and all of a sudden the sky just lights up with a flash, do you go, oh my goodness, you know, I I can't compete with that? Or is that a really huge firefly there? Uh, You know, they do continue to flash. They don't uh, fear flashy competition, so they just keep going and going and going. Uh, Norm Fredeen. Norm says... uh, he wondered just about the nesting habits of house wrens. And um, wrens, they search out cavities. So if you hang up several nest boxes, a male will prepare a number of potential nests for a female's consideration. He'll stuff available cavities with twigs, and she chooses one and finishes the nest herself, which is a cup-shaped depression built atop the twigs. And then she lines it with softer material, uh, fine grasses, hair, moss, string, debris. And she lays three to ten eggs, and she alone incubates them. The young hatch in nine to sixteen days, and fledge in fifteen to seventeen days. And they usually have, uh, they often anyway have two broods. And they, uh, one male will have um, two two mates very often. Uh, Gordy Tonjes of uh, Alden, he said, "Why do we have more turkey vultures than in the past?" You know, I grew up, my wife and I read Edward Abbey, and uh, we loved his writings. And Edward Abbey wrote of the turkey vulture. He said, 
Let us praise the noble turkey vulture. No one envies him. He harms nobody. And he contemplates our little world from a most serene and noble height. Abby also penned, If my decomposing carcass nourishes the roots of a juniper tree or the wings of a vulture, that is immortality enough for me, and as much as anyone deserves. A good friend, Bob Jansen, has visited 1,836 cities, towns, and villages in Minnesota. Now, some of these uh, cities and towns and villages have gone extinct, so he's been to places that nobody will be able to visit now. And he's done all these while birding, and he has counted. I just uh, This just amazes me. He has counted at least 225 bird species in all of Minnesota's 87 counties. And his favorite bird, the turkey vulture. My favorite poet, Mary Oliver, wrote, Like large, dark, lazy butterflies, they sweep over the glades looking for death, to eat it, to make it vanish, to make of it the miracle resurrection. Uh, Several accounts from the late 1800s indicate vultures were locally abundant throughout many parts of Minnesota. T.S. Roberts, a physician known for his uh, work in ornithology, wrote this about the turkey vulture in 1932. It was formerly more common in Minnesota and is still to be seen in fair numbers throughout the state. Why did the numbers go down? Uh, Increases in human settlement, expanded agricultural, human disturbance, and human persecution all likely contributed to the decline. But today, turkey vultures are seen in every county in Minnesota, and the growth in its range and population is attributed to expanded road miles, increased deer population, openings in uh, created by logging activity, warming temperatures, and these changes facilitated movement, provide a steady supply of carrion for food, and thus an increased survival of vultures. So, uh, Al, Marvin, oh, I'm just yeah. going to say I got just got a text from one of our listeners, and I, I got one from John that I sent you to. Um, why yep. would a person ask Al? Said ask Al when do the monarch caterpillars arrive? And I wanted to just say yesterday I was watching a monarch butterfly out on my milkweed that's in my my garden, and I'm assuming it was laying eggs. So that told me that we're probably going to be seeing monarch caterpillars pretty soon. So this person wanted to ask you about when should we be seeing them. So are my butterflies on good time right now? Yep, right now. And a lot of people have been releasing butterflies already that have emerged from their chrysalis. So yeah, they they will be there. And again, the ones that uh, emerge kind of mid-August those are the ones that will fly all the way to Mexico. Those are the ones that migrate and live eight to nine months. So yeah, there should be uh, they should be out there now, and uh, I hope you I hope you see some if you have some milkweed out there. It's really it's just a cool thing. We do it at the Steel County Fair every year, and uh, Karen has been there, and we have um, small children mm-hmm. that get to release a butterfly, and 
that's the greatest part of working at the fair is seeing these kids they get this big smile and it's just and they watch their eyes just stay with that butterfly as it flies away and it, it's so much fun so i wish you all kinds of uh, monarch butterflies and i'm seeing quite a few this year uh, Marvin Thompson of Glenville saw some sandhill cranes. Ann Johnson said, from spotted fawns to a family group of raccoons, my yard has been a busy place. This past weekend, the jelly feeder has become extremely active once again as several family groups of Baltimore Orioles have been hitting it hard. The fluttering of young wings waiting to be fed is great. A few rose-breasted grosbeaks and gray catbirds are also visiting. Guess it's time to start buying in bulk again. And John of New Alm said on July 14th, heard the first cicada. And on the 13th, saw a big wing glider plane riding air currents. I was in, uh, I spoke over in Meriden, near Meriden, Minnesota on Saturday, and there's a place out there, I think it's called just Johnson's, and they fly these um, model airplanes. And John, I was watching one of those model airplanes. If it was any bigger, I could have flown on it. It was uh, it was huge, and they were having some sort of model airplane thing there because there were tents up, and it was quite a, as my mom would say, quite a whoop-de-doo there. Uh, John says, no luck at Walmart with blinking light and back pocket light lightning <laughs> bugs to attract other lightning bugs. Yeah, so he was, yeah. when you said that the lightning the lightning bugs use the blinking light to attract the members of the opposite sex, he went to Walmart apparently with a blinking light in his back pocket and it didn't work. <laughs> well, boy, keep, you know, John, don't give up. Just keep trying because uh, it, it'll work sooner or later. I, I, oh, I want to mention one more time, Pelican Breeze, if anybody's interesting, uh, interested in a tour of Elberly Lake, we're doing one on July 28th at 1.30. That'd be on a Sunday. If you're interested in it, it's uh, 383-7273, 383-7273. It's uh, just the most fun. I just love going out on those things. And we do it uh, rain or shine because it has... Uh, has a cover on it. Of course, we won't go out if there's any thunder and lightning involved, because you know that's it's not a smart. Good, yeah, but no, but it's uh, we've seen so many things out there and just had had more fun on that. And we've had people from China and New Zealand and uh, folks from all over uh, all over the world. What are some of the unusual things you see that most people wouldn't have a chance to see had they not gone on it? I'm just curious. Oh, we well, we get to see a lot of fish, of course, and a lot of fishermen, but I guess everybody gets to see them. We get to see uh, a lot of bald eagles, uh, pelicans in great numbers, cormorants in great numbers. We see butterflies flying right through the boat, which is just a really cool thing. We uh, Chinese mystery snails, we see a lot of those. We see cliff swallow nests. Cliff swallows are the uh, swallows that return to Capistrano every year, although I believe they do not return to Capistrano every year. I hope they start coming back. And we get to compare them to barn swallow nests. 
and it's kind of neat seeing the difference. Sometimes we get to see young pigeons because uh, a lot of folks say, I never see a young pigeon anywhere. So we, um, not always, it depends on where they nest, but uh, a lot of years we get to see them. Uh, we get to see, oh, mallards and Canada geese, of course, because everybody gets to see those. But it's neat seeing the pelicans in the large numbers, and we get to watch them fish and we get to see how they are communal fisher birds where they kind of work together as a team to drive fish into uh, some shallows where they can uh, there's a feeding frenzy and we watch the pelicans feed it's like um, oh those you know I didn't like those shows when sharks attack and stuff like that and more power to people <laughs> that enjoyed them but I oh, I did not like those things at all well, that's what this is like, though. It's when pelicans attack. They just go in there, and, and to us, it's a, a cool thing to see. But if you're a, a small fish in there, it's a, a, the most frightening of things. So we get to see uh, things, and each time we're surprised by something that we see that we just don't expect to see. Of course, there's a lot of gulls and that sort of thing that you will see around lakes. The, the cool thing is we're in a blind, kind of, so we... It seems like we're able to get closer to great egrets and great blue herons and that sort of thing. So a lot of people bring really, really nice cameras and take photos because the birds seem to be a little more used to uh, having that boat out there and they don't get alarmed as they do if they see a, a human walking or something. So it's just a, a cool thing. I say every time is different. Uh, we go in prepared to see certain things and then we see different things, which is what the whole world is about. I just got one last thing from uh, a listener who just sent me this, said, what would puncture eggs in a nest and um, he or she doesn't indicate whether it's a cavity nest or a regular uh, open nest but there are many suspects house wren brown-headed cowbird um, house sparrow red-headed woodpecker gray cat bird and others and then there are many animals that will eat bird eggs um, crows jays magpies grackles squirrels humans snakes raccoons weasels deer will eat them if what? they're on the ground yeah yeah skunks cats and those dreaded others you know there's always <laughs> others on the end of everything so uh i if you uh, if you would want to email me back and let me know if it was a cavity nest or uh, another kind of nest or if it was on the ground or where it was i can give you a a, a better answer I hope everyone uh, will get out and uh, get outside and kind of dry off after all the rain and maybe head to the cafe where the food chain is missing a few links. The special is always a Heimlich maneuver and gravy is considered a beverage and now featuring authentic leftovers with less hair in the food and real cup holders where grease is good and none of the food smells like feet. Well, hardly any. You know, growing up, I had a neighbor named Claude Bias. Real guy. I called him oh. Claudy. I think everybody called him Claudy. He was a, a lifelong bachelor, and I liked him. People said he was different, but, you know, so am I. Everybody's different. And one of his peccadillos was that he collected dogs. Uh, not dog figurines, not dog paintings. N <laughs> large living dogs. Really big. Really oh big dogs. 
And Claude had just enough dogs to know what to do with them, but more dogs than I could count until I'd taken an advanced math class. And the dogs were a fertile bunch. And I called each one of his dogs motorboat because it was pup, 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 pup. <laughs> you know, my son and I counted 44 puppies over there wow. one day. Now, Claude, he didn't pay anything for his dogs. He got them free, either born and bred on his farm or dropped off by people who wanted to rid themselves of the canines. And I walked amongst them. I trusted them as far as I could toss a Maytag refrigerator. I'd heard a bargain dog, not a barking dog, but a bargain dog never bites. But I was never willing to put that adage to the test. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. Remember Heartland as well. We're driving past. And Karen, thank you, as always, for your uh, fine company. Um, everybody do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. Hey, thanks, Al. Great to chat with you. We will be back with you next week. Until then, happy bird watching. Thank you. Bye. All right, bye-bye. And we're playing uh, songs that are about the moon because of the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 takeoff on this date back in 1969. And uh, our friend John from New Malm requested this one from Elvis Presley.